Hey there, Music Podcast for Kids listeners. This is Mr. Henry, and we want to thank you so much for listening to the show. We absolutely love educating the world all about music. And you know what's pretty cool? You can be a part of our mission as well. If you leave a review, more people can listen to the show. So you can help us with the journey of educating the world all about music. So if you could take a moment to leave a review of the show, we would greatly appreciate it. Thanks so much. That's what we're gonna do Mr. Henry Mr. Fight Exploring along with you Learning music, having fun That's what we're gonna do Mr. Henry Mr. Fight Love hanging out with you The Music Podcast for Kids Hello and welcome to The Music Podcast for Kids We're your hosts, Mr. Henry And Mr. Fight Music Educators Extraordinaire! The Music Podcast for Kids is a fun and educational podcast where we learn and explore the best subject ever. Music! And now the music joke of the day. We love jokes. So if you have a joke, please visit our website, themusicpodcastforkids.com to submit your joke. And guess what? It doesn't even have to be a music joke. It can be any joke. We will read and enjoy your joke on the podcast and also let everyone know who it came from and where you are in this great, big, wonderful music world. Our joke of the day is... This joke comes from a listener of the show, Jalen. The lion and the cheetah had a race and the cheetah won. The lion said, You cheetah! And the cheetah said, You lion. (laughs) Cheetah, lion. Good one, Jalen. Make sure to send in your jokes by visiting our website, themusicpodcastforkids.com. A link to the website can be found in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you are enjoying the show so far. Please subscribe to the podcast to receive the latest episodes and leave a review through iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, get updates on what we are up to through Facebook and Instagram by finding us at Music Podcast for Kids. Links will be found in the show notes. On to the show! Just chat. Just chat. Just chat. Just chat. Just chat. Just chatting, just chatting. We have two very special guests with us today on the Music Podcast for Kids, Robert Miller and Chris Mallett. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks Great for having us. Yeah. So since we're a music podcast for kids, we always like to ask our special guests how they got started with music. So can you tell us how old you were when you started playing music and where your musical journey took you through your growing up years? Um, hey, Robert, let's start with you. Um, yeah, sure. I remember when I was in fourth grade, I was in my backyard and I can remember my, my dad turning the corner with this little, you know, maybe three quarter size, uh, acoustic guitar that he bought from Matt's music in Norristown, Nawanda, New York. And, uh, 
um, yeah, so I started then, um, just kind of figuring out songs by ear at first, um, and then got lessons and, you know, started just getting more and more into music over the years. Awesome. Awesome. And Chris? Yeah, so, I mean, I, I grew up in kind of an artistic house. Um, my dad is a painter and, you know, I would sit outside and do my homework in elementary school while my dad would be out there and paint and we would just listen to music um, all day and all night. And then finally, you know, I started showing some interest in it. And I remember my first guitar actually was a guitar. I live, I grew up in San Diego. So we would go down to, uh, down to Tijuana sometimes. And we bought, you know, a guitar down there, barely playable. And so I just kind of, it almost became just more like a furniture piece or like an art piece. And then finally, like when I was around 13, my parents came home with the electric guitar and, um, I had some friends down the street starting a band. And I heard them and his dad went out and said, Hey man, you have a guitar. I think, you know, just trying to find anyone that had an instrument say, you should come join us. And I heard them, you know, and I thought it was really cool and looked really fun. So I went home and, and started practicing and, and taught myself how to play and, and, uh, you know, self-taught and decided this is what I wanted to do with my life. So when I went to college, I learned how to uh, play classical guitar and read music and all that stuff. So, yeah, wow, that's cool. Yeah. So Chris, you ended up being, was that a music major or just kind of doing it on the side with professors or? Um, I started off kind of in a community college in San Diego doing um, kind of one of those huge group guitar classes, you know, like a yeah. hundred people in the class. Yeah. Cool. Um, and everyone kind of, you know, just, you know, showing off their Led Zeppelin riffs and here and there. <laughs> and I heard the teacher play um, at the end of one of the classes, Asturias, uh, famous piano piece but you know played a lot on classical guitar and he played uh his arrangement of Mulligania and I heard that oh, and it yeah. kind of just wow it blew my mind you know I, I didn't know that you can play guitar with your fingers you know like on the right hand not a pick and mm -hmm. then I went home and I told my parents that you know let's I want to go get a, 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 a nylon string guitar and just never looked back from there so I, I you know, was able to get some private lessons there and transferred to Oberlin Conservatory oh, cool. um, where I did my bachelor's and then did my master's at the Yale School of Music. So yeah, it's kind of like ignited this this passion, you know, that that I never felt before with music. Yeah, that's super cool. And Robert, yeah. did you also go to um, like school in college? Yeah, for yeah. Music? I, I, yeah. Similarly to Chris, I mean, I went, I did go to undergrad in grad school um, for music and studied, um, you know, classical guitar. Yeah. Um, I was, I was also super into um, jazz guitar and playing jazz music in high school and kind of like improvisatory forms of music and got more and more into classical um you know, over, over the course of high school and throughout college and grad school. So, um, yeah, I, I'd say, um, I mean, while Chris and I went to different schools and studied with different people, it's definitely a similar trajectory in a lot of ways. So, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. And then how did you guys end up uh, coming together? Yeah, we met in California, uh, where we are now. We both um, were teaching at a school called the Longay Conservatory of Music, um, which was a, a really fantastic uh, guitar school for kids, um, actually. And, um, you know, and yeah, that's where we met and started teaching together there. So you then both began performing together as a guitar duo. 
um, and the duo is called uh, Duo SF. So first, could you tell us what does the SF stand for? Super fantastic. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. <laughs> that was right. Yes. Good. No, I mean, nice. we, we uh, right after we both moved out here, you know. <laughs> so it's yeah, smooth <laughs> fellas. <laughs> Um, you know, basically right after we started teaching at the Longay Conservatory, we started playing together and then, you know, we were both new to the Bay Area and we became roommates and, um, you know, we found a place up in San Francisco. Um, you know, San Francisco is a very uh, musical and city and inspired us, I think. So we decided to call ourselves Duo San Francisco, thought the name was a little too long, so shortened it to Duo SF. Yeah, cool. <laughs> awesome. And um, so... You, you kind of uh, were telling us a little bit early of the type, the style of guitar, but could you tell the audience a little bit more of the style that you guys play in the duo? Maybe Chris, sure. you could tell us? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, we play, on, our, on that album, you know, we play mostly music from um, South America and Spain, cool. um, two places that, you know, the guitar is, is basically the national instrument. Um, and you know we both are are interested in in the similar types of music too, which I think really helped with playing music together. So, you know, we play still. You know, we play a lot of piazzola, so Argentinian tango, um, and a lot of Brazilian music. And lately, we've been focusing on some uh, contemporary music. So a pro a project that we're working on now is um, kind of pairing pieces with art. So we found a piece um, really beautiful piece that was based on some uh, pieces by uh, Frida Kahlo. And and we loved that music and we thought what would be more fitting than to find a composer to commission to write a piece based on um, Diego Rivera. And it was perfect because the Pan-American Unity mural that Diego Rivera painted, um, this massive mural which is held in San Francisco um, with with uh, five panels, we commissioned this, this uh, composer Javier Farias to write a piece, each movement based on a different panel. So that's kind of what our focus has been now. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. And uh, Robert, I was reading that the duo was, you've been touring like all over the world. So what was one of the coolest places you traveled while on a performance tour? Um, I mean, a lot of a lot of the, you know, there's always, uh, whenever you're kind of doing like a, a international concert there's always kind of some uh, an extra level of fun to it just because it's so different to go there yeah um so i mean i you know we've in, in most of what we've done has been in southeast asia with respect to that so i mean cool. i i think those trips always just stand out as um yeah. super special i mean i i remember once we were going we had a little tour of southeast asia and i i think Maybe we were in Bangkok for 48 hours, but yeah. it, was, it was, you know, just like flew in and like played like three hours later and then next day got to explore a little bit and then went to Malaysia after that. Um, wow. You know, I, I think those trips, I mean, of course, like playing the last time we were there, we played at um, uh, the Esplanade, which is in, in Singapore. Singapore, which is, yeah, super special hall. So, yeah. yeah. Neat. That's great. Yeah. So, uh, so you started a music conservatory called the California Conservatory of Music. So, can you tell us what is a conservatory and more about your conservatory and its mission? 
Sure, yeah. So a conservatory is like an institution to study music, you know. So the reason why we called ourselves a conservatory and not like, you know, a school of music or, you know, an academy of music is because we kind of, we wanted to create an environment that was for kids and fun, but still had like an air of, of seriousness. So we have, sure. you know, in addition to, um, I guess what we base ourselves on a pre-college kind of um, yeah. curriculum, similar to like the Juilliard pre-college or, but we're not associated with, with like a higher education institution. So in, a, in mm -hmm. addition to the piano or to the music lessons, um, we also have music theory, we have ensembles, um, the students regularly um, compete in local and international competitions. Um, you know, they, the students all the time are going to, well, pre-COVID, going to different, you know, nursing homes and holding fundraisers. So we're a real performance-oriented school, you know. So we, I think there's just a lot more to a music lesson than the actual lesson. You know, I think doing something with what you learn and the lesson is what really inspires the kids and the teachers as well. Yeah. And what yeah. ages, uh, what ages does it cover typically? Um, so we have students as young as three years old, starting guitar lessons uh, through uh, the Suzuki method, um, yeah. sometimes piano and some other instruments. Um, and then, you know, yeah, so that, that's the youngest. I mean, I, I would say most of the students that are starting out, aren't that young, but you know, I think, I think with young kids, it's like just needs, you just need a lot of parental involvement mm -hmm. in the process. Um, and you know, a lot of patience and, you know, you can, you can start young, you can start a little later. It's just about kind of just putting in consistent, um, practice every day. So, yeah. yeah. Cool. Mm -hmm. So, um, a very cool app that you've founded and recently launched is called practice space. So first, could you give us a basic idea of the app and what inspired you to create such an app? Um, yeah. Maybe Chris, you want to tell us? Sure. Cool. Yeah. So um, one way that we were always motivating our students to practice was to kind of, you know, invent new practice incentives for the students, you know, and kind of not just we would start off just using it with our students and then make it school wide. So at one point, a few years back, we started um, doing practice challenges. So if a student practiced for 30 days, they would get, uh, you know, a prize, like a ribbon. And then if they practice 50 days of metal and then trophies. And then, so we started seeing cool. um, our students, you know, do these practice streaks of practicing every day for, you know, five, six, seven years without missing a day. And we were like, wow, you know, this is, this is pretty, this is working really well. It's not only <laughs> motivating the kids to practice, but it's also, um, you know, maintaining the retention they're they're staying at our school for a long period of time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at one point we were, had one student who was doing it and um, one of our other teacher students and their dad is an engineer. And uh, we started talking to him and he was like, this would be really cool as an app, you know, something that we had been talking about for, for quite a long time. We were mm -hmm. saying we should make an app out of this, you know, just talking about it. And finally we got with an engineer who gave us, you know, told us that we should and I, I thought that we both thought it was a great opportunity and a great time to do it because um you know we don't want the kids glued on the phone but the kids is you know it's the time you know it's 2021 there's a lot of every single kid out there has a phone they're gonna want to be on their phone at some point so why not load it up with some educational stuff 
yep. and to incorporate their music lessons with it, you know? So that's kind of how the app came about. That's cool. And, and was that, um, you know, I know a lot of music schools along with, you know, I mean, everyone else in the world with the COVID thing, um, had to pivot to online lessons. I know like in my studio, that's what I did. Um, and it's still going on. So was that something that really kind of pushed you guys in in that direction? And did you see that as something that was really beneficial for those online lessons? Or, oh, totally. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think one thing that, you know, pre- like based on what Chris just described, you know, practice space really started from the student side of things. Um, you know, a lot of similar platforms, they kind of start with the teacher in mind first, Um but, you know, we, we, it wasn't really our uh, intention. And, you know, um, so, so I, I think that it was the coincidence was that we were starting to build out the teacher side of things when, um, you know, this terrible, unfortunate pandemic hit. And so we, you know, when it, when things started to so shut down, there's, really there are other features in the app that started make going, the online like communication uh, better between students, teachers, and, and, and parents know, we really as well. Um, to and so, so many even for students who aren't taking and, uh, you know, online lessons, if they're in person, of, of would you think that would be helpful for the in-person lessons as well as the, the online head of the communication feedback for the app? So it's, it's a really wonderful thing to kind of be able to help teachers you know, retain their students, but not only that, really just make their, make the experience for the students even stronger because they, okay. you know, have motivation to practice more. And then they also have tons of um, great in-app material that the teacher themselves creates. You know, we're not trying yeah. to teach the students. It's just a platform that teachers can create their own content on yeah. to yeah. use with their own students. Yeah. yeah. Cool. And it, it also just really helps keep everything in one place for the mm-hmm. teacher. Um, you know, because the one thing that I hear a lot, and I think we both hear when we're talking to um, to oh, teachers wow. is, you know, they're using email, you know, Google Docs, they're using this right. and that, like a million different um, platforms just to try to communicate with one student. Whereas, you know, with, <laughs> with practice space, it's great because right. they can put, you know, their sheet music, they can make videos themselves. That's great, right. They can put audio in there. They can really do everything no, no, right in one place. No digital dog all they have to do their, is just open their up their app. <laughs> there's like a fun little play button. There's there's little avatars in there for the students. So, yeah. you know, they can choose, like, you know, we change them for different seasons and stuff. And then there's a timer in there. And then as they go along and practice their assignments, they could check it off. They push a little button. Um, as they check it, they get a gem. So a little gem appears. And then they can collect gems from practicing every assignment. And then once they finish their practice, their gems accumulate. And then they can then go into the practice space shop, use their gems to, to get different avatars, backgrounds. We have little power-ups and, and all these really fun things that, you know, that we've been hearing from teachers. And I, I, we see with our own students that are they're totally loving it. That's awesome. Yeah. So, um, so we do have teachers who listen to the show. And a feature that caught my eye, and you kind of mentioned it earlier, was the the video demonstrations through the app. So could you tell me more about the that feature and kind of how that works? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. I mean, I, I use that all the time. Um, basically, you know, when when you're in a when you're in a lesson with a student, um, and 
you know, you want to demonstrate like a big problem with music lessons is that, you know, generally kids meet with their teacher once a week. And then somehow this, you know, eight year old uh, little person is supposed to remember everything. Right. <laughs> and, 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 you know, so, so I, I mean, it's just like a basic feature that we found would be so useful. And, you know, it's just like when you're in the class, you can just record a quick video um, in the app. Um, you can also, if you've recorded videos before on your phone or your laptop, you can just upload those. Um, cool. And, you know, just a little demonstration video goes a long way for the kid that week. And you just put it in um, their um, collection of assignments that they're supposed to practice that week. And, you know, so uh -oh. like right now, cool. an assignment basically for a kid can be you know, a PDF of music, um, notes, like, um, gen like you need to practice X, Y, and Z. Um, you know, you could put videos in there, audio recordings, like backing tracks, um, oh, cool. photos. And, you know, the cool thing is, is that you can save all those to use again and again with other students. Oh, right. Yeah, so like, neat. as you use it, you know, you're building up kind of, uh, a library of, of content, you know? Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So there's there are other features in the app that make the online communication uh, better between students, teachers, and and parents as well. Um, and so even for students who aren't taking uh, online lessons, if they're in person, would you think that will be helpful for the in person lessons as well as the the online? How does the communication uh, factor work for the app? I, I yeah. I mean, when we first started building this, this was pre um, pre COVID, so. <laughs> You know, this was a platform we were uh, initially building for in-person lessons. Okay. Gotcha. Um, okay. We built it out more, you know, um, with, with the, like, in recent months, we uh, have the web app now that teachers can use. Um, but in the lesson, I think, you know, what I use personally in the lesson, I just go on my phone and I put in what they have to practice. And even in the lesson, you know, um, I'm making demonstration videos for them in the lesson because I'll be playing something for the student really slow. And then I just turn on record and it's like killing two birds, one stone. So I'm able to play it for them there and they can take it home and just play it over and over oh, again. Wow. Um, so that's, that's one thing. And then, you know, just, just when I used to make lists on a piece of paper, you know, for students to do, and they would come back next week with either crumpled or lost. <laughs> now there's no excuse, you know, right. every single week there. <laughs> it's in the cloud. That's crazy. Yeah, it's in the cloud. That's right. That's right. Yeah. No, no, di no digital dog is going to eat their, eat their home. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> That's an expensive meal. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. Well, the thing, the thing that I really, <clears throat> love about it too is and you had mentioned this before with the gems you know that really makes the kids want to practice because they want to get those gems so are you are you definitely seeing that because i know you saw that just you know with your with kids practicing every day for multiple years so is that you're also seeing that in more students um with with the gems and collecting the gems and going to the store you're oh, seeing totally. that retention. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And there's just other, I mean, that's just one part of the, you know, I, I'd say like generally the, the you know, that we have practice streaks is one way, like motivator. Um, and then, you know, teachers can, you know, like I was working with a school in South Carolina this morning on just like, she wants to customize so many of the 
uh, badges and rewards. And, you know, and we're able to do that. Originally, a lot of it was customizable, but it just, we kind of made it more like a service so teachers don't have to worry about all that, but we can mm -hmm. do it. So, yeah. you know, there's like practice points, like a leaderboard, there's the gems in the store, but then there's also little awards along the way that, that you know, are like streaks or like number of times that someone practices or, That's you awesome. know, there's just little things in there to keep it novel, keep it fresh. So it doesn't, yeah. you know, like kind of feel like, oh, I, I know this and it gets, you know, the novelty is kind of key, especially with kids. So Yeah. That's cool. The leaderboard is something that I think um, that we that we've really seen the students thrive with. You know, they love the leaderboard, and it's like a real friendly competition. There's never any yeah. uh, hard feelings. And a good thing about the leaderboard and practice space is that it refreshes every week as well. So hmm. um, every week, it'll give it a little announcement of who's in the top three. They'll get gems, and then everyone starts back at zero. So then everyone has a oh, chance okay. to build back up on the leaderboard. Yeah, that's cool. Awesome. Yeah. Well, as we wrap up, we'd like to ask you to offer some advice or a bit of wisdom to our audience as they explore the world of music. So, um, yeah, Chris, do you want to start us? Sure. Yeah, I think, you know, I think practicing consistently for someone who's young is, is the best um, word of advice I can give. And what I tell my students is, you know, you, it's good to practice every day, but you don't overdo it. Don't tell yourself that you're going to practice two hours, seven right. days a week, yeah. and then end up just being overwhelmed. And then, you know, right. really a lot less happens. Just tell yourself, you know, especially if someone's young, you know, seven, eight years old, give yourself, say, I'm going to do 20 minutes every day or start even smaller. But it's the everyday practice that I've seen that have that has really been, um, you know, changed, that really changed my students' musicality and their motivation as well. Yeah. You know, because even myself, if I, you know, if I if I've been really busy and go a couple of days without practicing, I'll I'll notice when I go back to sit down, sure. it's very difficult to get back into it. But if you're in that rhythm and you keep the rhythm going, it's a lot easier just to to um, have that consistency. Yeah, for sure. And Robert, what do you um, any words of uh, wisdom? Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, aside from what Chris said, which is just super crucial. Um, I mean, I think, you know, just listen to music, you know, try, mm -hmm. try to listen to as many types of music as you can. And, um, you know, just explore um, what, what speaks to you and, and try to find new types of music, new ways of listening to it. Try to go to live music events when they're back and happening um support artists and yeah and, and listen to you know podcasts about music like this one and yeah. you know just I, I think just exploring music as much as you can and practicing is definitely a beautiful way to develop a great skill and develop a passion for something that will last you a lifetime Great advice. Great advice. Well, Robert Miller and Chris Mallett, performers, teachers, and founders of Practice Space, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us. And we'll definitely put all the links uh, to the app in the show notes so everyone can explore it on their own. And we wish you guys all the best as you continue to educate and spread the love of music to the world. Thanks again. Thank you. Thanks, Bruce and Bill. Thank you. Time to wrap it up, folks. Thank you so much for tuning into the Music Podcast for Kids. We hope you enjoyed the show, and most importantly, learned something cool today about music. Remember to send in your jokes or even a topic in music you would like us to discuss by visiting our website, 
themusicpodcastforkids.com. If you are interested in awesome educational and fun songs for your kids to listen and sing along with, please visit brucefight.com. Music is available to download with iTunes, CD Baby, and Facebook, and most streaming platforms like Spotify and Amazon Radio. Links will be found in the show notes. If you are interested in learning how to play the piano with a fun and engaging curriculum geared toward kids, please subscribe to Mr. Henry's YouTube channel called Mr. Henry's Music World. Links will be found in the show notes. Please visit iTunes to leave a review of the podcast and also share the podcast with friends, relatives, aliens, whoever. Again, we thank you so much for tuning in.